Is there anybody here today that's thankful for his resurrection power? Don't you love him today? Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today, man. Praise God. I'm sure today that the world is wondering why in the world we're so happy to be in the parking lot. But I cannot think of a place that I'd rather be than at the house of the Lord today. It is so good to be in his presence. It's good to be with God's people. Thank you for being here. Look at all these amazing folks that have come to be at the house of the Lord today, and we're so glad that you're here. Amen. Now, normally in church, we'd tell you to uh, turn to your neighbor and shake their hand and welcome them to the house of the Lord. So I'm going to ask you to look at the car next to you and tell them you're so glad to see them in church today. Praise God. We are very, very blessed to be able to be here for Resurrection Sunday. Um, To be quite honest with you, we have uh, complied with everything that we could to be good neighbors in our community. Uh, I think our, our governor has worked so very hard to be sure that churches uh, are not left out in the mix. I've, I've heard a lot of talk about the persecution of the church happening right now. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, church. I feel like there's a vast difference in persecution and inconvenience. And I think that's where we are right now. We're not being persecuted. We're being inconvenienced, and this too shall pass. And so my message to the entire church world today would simply be this. If you feel like this is a persecution, then you probably won't last through the persecution because it's going to get real. Amen. It's going to get real. Uh, But today, we are living, in my opinion, in the greatest nation in all the world, and we are able to come together in the parking lot to worship the Lord and worship Him in spirit and in truth, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. So uh, I'm so very thankful that you have come. I'm thankful for our church family. I'm thankful for my family. I'm so thankful for our staff and our team that's working so very hard behind the scenes. They've been here working almost every day this week just to be sure we could have church in the parking lot. You wouldn't think it was that big of a deal, but as we were watching the weather radar, uh, we were a little bit worried that it might rain, so we didn't want to set anything up outside. And uh, last night before I went to bed, I checked the forecast, and at 10 o'clock this morning, there was a 70% chance of bad weather and rain. And just before I laid down in the bed, I said, Lord, you are the master of the wind. And I said, I'm, I'm pleading with you that tomorrow morning when we get to the house of the Lord, that the sun will be shining and the sky will be clear And I've come to tell somebody today, I'm standing outside, not underneath the roof, getting to talk to you because the sun is shining, and we thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm going today uh, to the book of John, the book of John, the book of John chapter 11. To all of our church family, thank you for being here. To all of our guests that have come, we are so very honored that you would be here with us. I wish that I could see each and every one of you individually. Uh, to know exactly who all is here, but I'm very thankful that you have come, and we're going to have a great time today in the Lord. Uh, This is a, uh, yesterday we were going through the parking lot trying to decide how to do the the parking where we had uh, the most visibility, and I said, I guess those that come early get the best seat in the house, you know. So uh, you got here early enough today, you got a front row seat. Now the problem with that is that uh, we don't have any restroom facilities. So if you got here early, you may be wanting to leave early. But thank you for making the effort to be here today. In the book of John, the 11th chapter, 
there is a story that we're all so very familiar with. I know it's, it's Resurrection Sunday, so some of you are wondering why I'm not going straight to the story of the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Well, I want to talk to you about that, but I want to talk to you about it in a little of a different way today. In John chapter 11, there's a story of a man that the Bible says was Jesus' friend. His name was Lazarus. Lazarus is the, uh, the man that Jesus called his friend, and he was so close to him, as a matter of fact, that later on in the chapter, which we'll see today, that at his passing, when Jesus finally got to the place of his burial, the Scripture said that it made Jesus weep. It is the shortest Scripture recorded in our King James Bible. Jesus wept. Why did he weep? He wept because his friend was dead. He did not weep because he had lost hope. For it was in this chapter that the two sisters of Lazarus, who had all faith in Jesus, to believe that he could, if he could get there in time, he could touch their brother's body in his sickness and that he could heal his body. However, Jesus waited for four days after the passing of Lazarus before he arrived on the scene. And when he gets there in verse 17 of chapter 11 of John, when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever that will ask of God, God will give it to thee. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall live again. He shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, and this is an interesting approach that he makes right here. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. This is the last time that we see Jesus speak until verse 34, when finally Jesus says to the sisters, where have you laid him? Where have you laid your brother down? Jesus looks at Mary and Martha, who are distraught, obviously. I believe that they were in a situation somewhat like we're in today, where fear is ubiquitous and hopelessness surrounds us everywhere. It's like uh, there's, there's questions that are everywhere and very, very few answers. But what Jesus was trying to show Mary and Martha is that while you're looking for answers and you're looking for hope in a resurrection that is to come, I want you to know that I am the resurrection right now. I am not just the resurrection that will be. I am the resurrection of right now. And so I'm saying to somebody today, look at that beautiful sun shining right there. Is that the goodness of the Lord? I'm saying to you today that some of us are caught up right now in that four-day period between uh, the death of Lazarus and the answer of Jesus. I know that, uh, that there are some of you that over the last few weeks have uh, been overcome with fear and some even anxiety just trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do. Our lives have changed perhaps forever. 
there may be uh, a little bit of a difference in our society from what we know have known in the past until what we see uh, in the future. But this is one thing that I know, regardless of what tomorrow holds in the United States of America or around the world, we will not fear, not because of what tomorrow holds, but because we know who holds tomorrow. We are not afraid today of what the future holds because we know who holds our hand and who holds the future. Amen. So Lazarus is now laying in the grave. He has been there for four days. And Martha has a conversation with Jesus and she says to him, Lord, if you would have been here before this happened, My brother would not have died. My brother would not be laying in the tomb. And how often is this how our faith is exercised? That we don't feel like we've got to live through some things. We don't feel like we have to go through trials. We just feel like God should deliver us out of all of our trials. But the truth is that the resurrection power of Jesus would have not been revealed to them if he would have came while Lazarus was sick. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying to you that we have to live through some things if the true power of God is going to be revealed in our lives. Is He a God that's able to heal? Yes, He is. Is He a God that's able to set free? Absolutely. Did He have the power to raise Lazarus while He was sick? Yes, He did. But His resurrection power could only be revealed when everybody else said it's too late. When everybody else said you should have came earlier. When everybody else said there was no answer to be had Jesus said the answer that you were looking for four days ago has arrived can I tell somebody today who feels like you are beyond hope and you are beyond answers that it's not too late some of you say Lord you should have came four weeks ago and delivered us from this virus you should have came four weeks ago the question that's on the minds of everybody is why would God let this happen you know that same question was on the mind of Mary and Martha why did you let our brother die and I feel the same resounding answer in the atmosphere today that the Lord gave to them he said I have allowed this to happen in the earth so that my glory could be revealed here this preacher today when I tell you that God will get glory in the all of this process God will receive the glory amen praise God God's going to get the glory how do you know that pastor because I've read the word of God I know that God will get the glory. Do you believe, Pastor, that we have entered into uh, the tribulation? No, I don't. I think we're far ways from the tribulation. But I I will tell you this. I think some of us have got ourselves convinced that we're living uh, in, in the most perilous times that we will see. Some of us are convinced. You just get on Facebook for five minutes and you'll find out there are people who are so scared right now they literally literally believe this is the end of time. It is over. We've got no way to get out of this thing. It's not going to happen. Well, I've read this book plenty of times. I've read history plenty of times. And I have seen many, many occasions that people thought it had gone way too far. But what they discovered is when men thought it had gone too far and the answer would not come, that the answer showed up right on time. Some of you that are in this parking lot today have been in perilous situations, perhaps in your body and your health has failed you and you thought it was over and the doctor's report said it was over perhaps you sat across the desk from a lawyer and the lawyer
lawyer told you, I don't know what else I can do to help you, but the great counselor came walking in to your life. That's why Isaiah said that we call his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Can I tell you today that he is still wonderful? He is still my counselor. He is still the Mighty God. He is still the Everlasting Father, and he is still the Prince of Peace. In the midst of chaos, there is peace in my mind. I tell you that when I go to to bed at night and I lay my head down on the pillow, I don't lay down with fear in my mind. I don't lay down with anxiety in my mind because I know that when I wake up tomorrow morning, even if the sun is not shining, this is the day that the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Is there anybody here today that's rejoicing in his goodness? Praise God. People driving by are going to think you're honked off today. Praise God. I feel like there's a little principle that the Lord laid on my heart concerning uh, Lazarus' death and his resurrection. This is Resurrection Sunday. And we celebrate Resurrection Sunday on Easter because of his resurrection. We believe in the power of his resurrection. But this is what the Lord spoke to me concerning this service today. You know, every single year on Resurrection Sunday, we kind of come, we just preach the message of the resurrection. He died to put him in a grave. On the third day, he got up. That never needs to get old us. I think we need to preach it all year and not just one day a year. But there's a little principle that I had never really paid much attention to today. If you get in uh, the book of John and you start reading, you find out that this is the, the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead is just preceding Passover week as Jesus is being led towards ultimately his calling and the will of God for him in his crucifixion. And so Jesus is still at a place right now where it's not time for his resurrection because he has not yet uh, been crucified and laid in a tomb. And this is what the Lord showed me today, just something perhaps just for me, but I wanted to share it with you. This is what the Lord showed me. He said to me, he said, I want you to notice that before I had to have resurrection power operate in my life, I had to be the resurrection for somebody else. Before I was resurrected, I resurrected Lazarus. Some of us today are asking God for relief and resurrection during this time and season. Some of us are asking God to send somebody to encourage us. I had kind of a, not a hopeless feeling, but just kind of a a moment the other night, laying in bed and realizing, you know, if there was a place that the wealthy could go right now, to get away from this uh, pandemic in the earth, I'd be a little angry at them. But do you realize there's nowhere in the earth that you can go right now and not be in the same situation that we're in here? So, th- again, this, this is not about persecution. This is about what's happening in real life. This is really going on all around the world. This is happening. So I'm saying to you, it's a dark season that we're in right now. But could you imagine what would happen? If all of the negativity and all of the stuff that people are posting online about all the darkness that's around them, could you imagine how encouraged they would be if we would start encouraging one another that before we got our resurrection that we would become the resurrection to somebody else. The resurrection, we don't just celebrate Resurrection Sunday because Jesus was resurrected. We celebrate it because he is the resurrection. The resurrection is not just something that Jesus did. The resurrection is what 
He is. So I'm saying to you today, we don't just celebrate him because he resurrected one time. We celebrate him today because he is continually resurrecting dead things and raising dead things. And today we give him glory that he did not just resurrect. He is still resurrecting. Amen. So Jesus is betrayed. He is hung on the cross. And just before he draws his final breath, the word of the Lord tells us that the sky grew dark. And it was in that moment that Jesus said it was finished, that the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. But before the veil was rent, the scripture tells us that the sky became very dark and the earth began to shake. And it was in that moment that we see finally behind the veil that nobody had had access to. There were men through history that had tried to break in. Even Pontius the Great, they say, went behind the veil. But it was a sacred place that was reserved not for all of humanity but for the priesthood. But Jesus, when he gave up the ghost and he said, it is finished, the sky grew dark and the earth began to shake. And I could not help but think today that it was in the moment of greatest darkness and the moment of the greatest shaking that great revelation began to pour and that the glory of God began to be revealed in the earth. Could it be that over those three days of darkness that the Son of Man was doing His greatest work in the earth, doing what He came to do? What am I insinuating? I'm saying to you that in the darkest hour that you and I will probably ever face in our lifetime as of right now that we've ever seen, I believe that the Son of Man is going to reveal His greatest power. I believe that we are going to see the greatest harvest. I believe that we are going to see the greatest revival. For was it not that in the dark hour during the earth shaking, that redemption's plan was fulfilled? Can I tell you, in this dark hour, that redemption is still being fulfilled, that the will of God is still being fulfilled. You may not see Him in this you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was struggling like any other mother would have struggled when she saw her boy take his last breath. But I want to tell you, Mama, don't be crying because on the third day, there is going to be resurrection power. It may feel dark right now. You may feel the earth shake around you right now, but resurrection is coming. Can I tell you, First Pentecostal Church and all who are watching us online today, do not fear right now and do not weep. Because resurrection power is working in the earth and that spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to bring us a resurrection in this hour. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Redemption's plan is still being fulfilled. Men and women are still coming to God. I know some folks feel like the church has been stopped because we haven't been meeting in buildings. But I want to tell you how excited I am to bring you reports from all around the country and globally right now. That men and women are being baptized in the precious name of Jesus every single day. That men and women are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost every single day. God's kingdom has not stopped because the earth has been slowed down. Amen. Now, I'm getting ready to close, but I want to talk to you for just a minute and I want to talk to you from my heart. I feel like the Lord spoke to me early this morning. This is the first time, and I, 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 this is going to sound somewhat embarrassing, but I, I just, I'm being completely honest with you. Over the last four weeks, I feel like God has been silent to me. I've asked God for direction. I've asked Him for prophetic understanding. I've asked Him for 
for some clarity on some things, and God has been silent until this morning. And I felt like the Lord spoke some things to me. This is the week of Passover. The religious world, the Reformed world, uh, this, is, this is Easter to them. It's a day. But for those of us called by the name of the Lord, this is not just about a day. This is about a season. And the Lord does everything in perfect timing. So his death, burial, and resurrection was all during the season of Passover. And there's, there's a reason for this. But today, for the first time, the Lord opened my understanding to something. And I'm not going to go super deep. But I just want you to know that God has got this in control. I want you to hear me very, very closely. His timing is impeccable. God does not waste things in the earth. He does not waste things that happen. And the Lord spoke to me with great clarity this morning, and he said, it is no accident that this plague and pandemic in the earth happened during the week of Passover. I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm kind of lost right now. I don't understand. And he took me to the word of God. And he said, I want you to notice that during the Passover, the first Passover in the book of Exodus, he said, I want you to watch how I worked. He said, the warning came from the men of God. The warning came from Moses, from my mouth to Moses, to tell the people, get prepared. Get the blood on your house and get the lamb in your house. Be full of the blood, uh, covered in the blood and full of the lamb. That was the commandment. Get the blood on your house and prepare the lamb in your house. He said, and then when death came, it was the final plague. He said, when the spirit of death came through the camp, he said, what did I tell my people to do? He said, I told my people, get in your house and stay in your house. I told my people, there's going to be a season of darkness where you will have no revelation. And the only thing that you have been commanded to do is get your house ready. And when you get your house ready, then go into your house. And while you're in your house, I will be doing some separating in the earth. I'm going to separate the good and the evil. I'm going to separate the wheat and the chaff, the wheat and the tear. Can I tell you today, FPC, that I believe the Lord has spoken to your pastor this week that it is not an accident that this darkness has happened during the Passover and we feel neglected like we're shut in our houses and we've got nowhere to go. But can I tell you, while we've been shut in, that God is not shut down and that His hand is moving and it's working through the earth. And I believe right now that when we come out, when we come out of this thing, I want you to notice in the book of Exodus, there was a great, great cry that went forth that night of the Passover in Egypt because death had come to the land. There was great weeping and great crying. The scripture said it was a great cry. It was not a move of God without sorrow. There has been a lot of sorrow in the earth over the last couple of days. But I felt the Lord speak clearly to me as I looked in the scripture. He said, I believe there were two cries that went forth in Egypt that night. He said there was the cry of those that had lost their firstborn because the blood was not applied. He said, but then there was another cry that went forth and that was when I delivered my children with my mighty hand. When I delivered them out of this Passover night and death had passed over them. 
I want to encourage somebody today that during this Passover season, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there will be a Passover. There will be a Passover. The hand of God is on His church. His hand is on your life. And in the midst of the darkness, God is separating some things in the earth. Are we afraid? I'm sure that some of us are afraid. But can I commend you today? Can I just tell you in the Holy Ghost, do not fear. Do not worry. Do not be afraid for God is with us. And at the end of the day, I believe we're going to walk out of this thing into a season of the miraculous. Does anybody believe that with me today? Praise God. I'm getting ready to come to a close today and finish because I know some of you are stuck in your car. We have people here that have driven well over an hour just to be in church. So if you have driven over an hour and then you're going to sit here for an hour and then you've got to drive an hour home, it's a haul for you today and we appreciate you coming. But I want, to, I want to tell you today what we're going to do before we leave. This is going to sound funny to you, but we're going to have an altar call and God is going to help us. What we are planning on doing right now is that at the close of this service, they're going to bring our music back up and we're going to have music play. And then our parking lot attendants are going to come. Listen, I completely understand if you need to go, you're not going to offend anybody whatsoever. But normally on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday, we have special gifts that we give to our children. And so today what we want to do, it will just be my family and some, some of our staff that are standing up here. We will not be interacting with you as far as shaking hands and all of that, although we wish that we could. Uh, thank you for helping us with this social distancing today. You've been absolutely amazing. But what we're going to do is our parking lot attendants are going to begin to dismiss. I'm going to start first up here with this so that we can clear this section out. And then we are going to have you pull through the drive through today. It's going to take us just a few minutes, and I'm asking for your patience and to follow directions. We will not be stopping traffic. It's going to be a constant flow. Uh, this is what Bishop Bingham would have called a prayer line back in the day. We're going to do a pass-through prayer line. And so we're going to clear this section first. Then our parking lot attendants will be, uh, will be coming to you and dismissing you car by car. I would like for you to just drive through the, uh, through the, the drive through area right here. And we are going to just pray a prayer of blessing over you. I have not got to see you for a month. My family and I uh, desire to see your face and to smile and at least wave at you and pray over you. Uh, we've prayed over you every day, but it's special that we get to see your faces today. I'm so very thankful for you, thankful for what God has done, for what he's going to continue to do. Hang in there, church. It's not going to be too long till we'll be right back together in the house of the Lord. I have wept and I have cried. I have missed you so much. I didn't know for a little while today if I was going to be able to keep it together long enough to come out and even speak to you and teach from the Word of God. As I saw your cars pulling in, I just began to weep in the house of, of the Lord today watching you pull in. We love you so very much, and we thank God for you. Thank you for being steadfast, for being unmovable, for always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amen. You are so special. Please, please, please pray for our leaders every day. Don't be critical. Pray for our leaders from, from the presidential office all the way down to our mayor. We need God to give them wisdom and direction. They're leading us. Your pastor does not have a negative word to say today. I feel like our, our leaders have tried their best. I can't imagine feeling the weight that I feel to just care for this church family right now. What our mayor feels and what our county feels and what our president, all the way, all the way to our president feels. I can't imagine, but this I do know. 
that if there's anybody that's guilty of anything in this church, it will be that we are praying for our leaders every single day, that God would give them wisdom and direction. Pray for your pastor. Pray for a bishop. Pray for us as we navigate through these waters that we don't know how to, how to get through. We've never been here before. So we're asking for your patience. I know some of you have, uh, have not received the phone calls. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm sure all of the mass communication systems are just blown out of the water right now. But we're doing our best to communicate with you. We are still available if you need us for any reason. Uh, feel free to call us. We're still taking appointments. If you need appointments over the phone, we can FaceTime or Skype or whatever we need to do. We want to be here for you. I love you so very much. They're getting ready to start the music. And then each and every one of you that would, if you would just pass through one at a time, we're going to do our best to keep the traffic flowing. As, you, as we greet you and we pray over you, please just keep right on moving and uh, make your exit. Be very careful as you go today. I don't want you to be uh, so so prayerful that you pull out in front of somebody. So pay very close attention to what you're doing. I'm going to pray over you. Tonight, uh, we may come online and talk to you a little bit. There will not be a full Sunday night service like we have been doing because we're having to use so much of our equipment in different places. It would take us forever to set everything back up in the sanctuary. But um, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. How many of you are glad he's resurrected today? Amen. We're thankful for it. Praise God. Amen. I love you. Please pay attention to our parking lot attendants. We'll be passing through very shortly to pray a blessing over you, and we love you. Thank you for being here today.